Thanks for listening to the Who's Flying the Plane podcast. I'm Alex, and I'll be chatting to innovative and unique people about their lives, careers, and creative projects. My guest for this episode is George Thompson, a filmmaker, YouTuber, and student of the Taoist philosophy. We spoke about how Taoism became such a big part of his life, what it does for him, and about his first feature-length film, Journey to the East. There's a link to watch it in the description of this episode. I think it might be useful if you give us a little description or put into your own words what Taoism is, because I think a lot of people will come to this podcast not having heard of it before. So do you want to start by just uh, explaining that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So Taoism is, it can be talked about as a philosophy, it can be talked about as a religion. It's from ancient China, often associated with the yin-yang, the symbol that many people in the West have tattooed on their body but have little idea. It comes from this philosophy called Taoism. In fact, I would say it's more of a way of living. So there's a tradition and a culture that has things people may know like Tai Chi and Qigong and kind of pure philosophy, books that can help us understand ourselves and nature and how to live a more harmonious and easy life. Um, But it's kind of a, a macro concept of these different ways of approaching life, physically, mentally, spiritually, that helps you live uh, with with ease uh, and with joy. From how I imagine that you grew up being a white person in Bristol, I imagine that it was quite a jump to living and adapting to those ideals. So what was your first impression of Taoism? How did you find out about it? And what was it that drew you to it so much? Yeah, so I finished formal education and entered into the big bad real world and very quickly got confused about what I was supposed to be doing with my life and descended into anxiety. And within a month, I was snoozing my alarm, felt sick in the morning and just felt like I couldn't live in the world. And I said to myself, you know, nothing has really changed. All I've I've done is be by myself for a month and yet I'm facing some of the toughest times in my life so far. So I realized I needed to learn how to be kinder to myself and two years previously, I'd watched some Kung Fu monks doing some crazy bat flips on some YouTube videos. And I thought maybe some Kung Fu would do something for my mind, body and spirit. And so, yeah, I went out to China with no real idea what this thing called Taoism was. And in fact, I'd heard of Buddhism and I thought since I've heard of that, it's probably going to work for me better. Uh, but I arrived at a place called the Wudang Mountains, which is this amazing collection of temples and monasteries and kung fu schools and tai chi schools all on top of a mountain it's a very special place where this ancient Taoist culture is still practiced and lived i tried to get into a monastery thinking i could learn kung fu but failed and the locals took me to a tai chi school and i thought tai chi at the time was a practice for older people uh, but i actually having started it fell in love with it and started exploring the wonderful world of Taoism. So, yeah, the universe kind of brought me to Taoism and, and my Tai Chi master, called Master Gu, when he had friends around at the Tai Chi school I was studying at, his friends would say, oh, so you two met through Yuanfen, which in Chinese means destiny. So for them, it's as tangible as meeting down the pub. Uh, so, yeah, I don't feel that... I, yeah, the universe brought me to Taoism, it feels like, and... Yeah, it's, it's quite a different way of looking at life. I grew up being atheist, kind of spiritually open, but religion didn't work for me. 
Um, but if people explore Taoism, they'll find that actually you can be an atheist, you can be a scientist, you can be a Christian, you can be a Muslim and be a Taoist. It's kind of these macro concepts of understanding who we are, the limits of language uh, and our place in the universe. And yeah, I'd say it's been a very nourishing exploration because despite these ideas being written two and a half thousand years ago in ancient China in the forests, they can still really help us with our modern complex lives. And to me that says they understood something about what it means to be human. Did you find that the people that you studied Taoism with when you were out in China were totally ready to just take you in and take you under their wing and show you how they live? Or was it a little bit you had to prove yourself that you weren't just a tourist there? Because I've been to Southeast Asia myself and I went to Thailand and when I was in monasteries and things like that there's a definite sense of you can see the tourist part but the religious part the spiritual part is quite separate i thought it was interesting that you met these people and you're speaking of meeting them through destiny and it sounds like they were ready to take you in yeah so uh, there's certainly the tourist side of this culture and even in china for example everyone will know where wuhan is two years ago they wouldn't have known uh, but that's a city of 11 million people. And so the, the Wuhan is the same Wu as Wudang. And so the god of the Wudang mountains is called Junwu. And he's kind of the overseer of all the good rice crop in a 500 kilometer square area in the middle of China. So millions of Chinese tourists come into the mountain, but they just, you know, visit, they burn some incense and then go home. Similarly with foreign students, there's people who just come for tourism, there's people who come for Kung Fu, uh, but there's kind of the schools that are online and not particularly authentic culture. They still teach good Kung Fu, but you're down in some industrial complex in the city. And so I think that it was, it was just a series of unexpected events that brought me uh, together with my master because I hadn't planned for any of it. But I think the fact the way that it happened in the way that it did meant that that meeting worked. And it is said that, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. And it, and it did feel quite like that, that there wasn't much resistance. There was kind of an attraction between us two. But certainly, I think that intention is, is the most important thing, that if you have the right intention to learn, to be curious, to, to be humble and not pretend that you know what's going on and, and to work with what people are giving you, then I think that even in those sort of monasteries, if they sense something about you, then uh, they will treat you differently. After that first trip over there, you decided about a year down the line that you wanted to go back and learn more and also make a film about it, uh, which is called Journey to the East and that's available on YouTube and I shall link it in the description so people can go and watch it. I thought making a video for YouTube was an interesting way to show people how you've been living and things about Taoism, I thought the first thing to do when learning something like that would be to write a book. Mm. How did you come to the idea that this needs to be shown in a film? Because mm. um, you did most of it on your own. So could you tell me a little bit about the origins of the idea to make the film? Yeah. Yeah, so the film's called Journey to the East and it's the most ambitious project I've worked on so far. It's a 55-minute introduction to Taoism told through my return back to China in 2020 and lots of adventures through COVID and back in the time when it was still just the China virus and hadn't reached the rest of the world and, and the sort of challenges that arose from that and, and the learnings of 
our basic interdependence as human beings on this planet. What happens far away affects all of us. And the ancients understood this through their own experiences in the forest. So there's lots of interesting overlaps there. I'd say for me, you know, so I've run a YouTube channel and it kind of takes you on the journey of me trying to work out life as a young person still working out things. And so it's kind of turned into a Taoism YouTube channel. But originally the idea was that I would bring you on the journey to, to show you what I learned and hopefully you could benefit from my cock-ups and, and mistakes. Um, so yeah, filmmaking has always been part of kind of what I do. I've made films with friends and somehow I've developed an eye and an ability to create films. And I'm not quite sure where that comes from because you know I'm not trained in anything. Um, but yeah, I think film was always the medium through which I wanted to communicate this. And certainly going forward, yeah, making philosophy in nature films is kind of my aspiration, is to have an enjoyable watching experience where people can sit down on the TV with their family uh, and also learn something. Uh, and I think that film it, it is a powerful medium because it kind of is, is a very rich experience of showing visuals and, and music and taking you on an emotional story journey rather than it being a book, which um, I'm sure I will do also in the future as well. I'd, I'd like to, um, but I haven't developed those skills as much. So that's maybe a, a 10 year away sort of thing. Um, but yeah, filmmaking somehow has, has come easier to me. When you're out there in China, I imagine that it's very easy to stay in the zone of Taoism and what you're learning, what you're studying, because it's so front of mind. I imagine that it's easier to feel the effects of what you're training your mind to do. Do you find it easy to get back into that mindset when you're back in the city in, in the mm. UK? Do you see that you'll have to go back to China to sort of top up on the knowledge and you know, how does it work bringing things back home? Yeah, I'd say that getting away from everyday life creates perspective because you see what you bring with you. And when I first started my journey, the, the kind of critical thoughts in my head that brought me down and gave me pain I personified it as a character, the underminer, this evil wizard that was always digging at my vulnerabilities in my head. And, you know, I went to the other side of the planet to China and it turned out the underminer could travel too. Because, for example, I stayed through the winter and the average, well, it got down to minus 15 degrees. And I was lying in bed after lunch, wrapped up with five duvets procrastinating on Reddit. <laughs> and I, my underminer really didn't like this. He said, George, you're in a Tai Chi school. You should be making the most of every single moment. And here you are procrastinating on Reddit. Nothing's changed. You're not good enough. You're weak. And so that self-talk came with me. And so that perspective it is instructive. And I do think that the kind of us as humans, we, we for, for centuries and millennia, have had this desire and deep need for silence and for time and space for reflection and yeah it is possible to get that in the city but it is more difficult to kind of intentionally carve that time out and so saying that it's not that you can only find out about how you work and how to be kind to yourself if you go into the forest for six months or go to China no certainly it would be, it wouldn't be a particularly effective guideline for for modern living if it was only reserved for people living in the country. Uh, instead, you can cultivate and develop your practice within the city. I'd say that rhythm is an important concept in Taoism, so people know about the yin-yang, and that depicts one of the basic fundamental 
characteristics of nature and that is change. Day, night, day, the seasons, nature is in constant uh, flux. Uh, and so having a rhythm for us where, you know, you, we do our jobs, we have our responsibilities as human beings in the city, uh, but also taking that time. So it may be that a weekend out in some wild nature, if you live in the UK, Wales and Scotland, we have some amazing um, spaces to get into. When you come back to the city, you see yourself more clearly. You, you had that space and perspective. And even in our daily lives, so starting off, for example, especially it's the summer as we are recording, going off on a morning walk before you do anything, before breakfast, before coffee, and just having the sun energize you and warm you up and just having some presence. And that can be a walking meditation. It is a form of practice in Taoism, something that we did in the school every day. And that's a simple practice that can just help ground you, recenter you, and gives you a different energy for the rest of the day. You can go over to the Who's Flying the Plane YouTube channel to see our new series, In the Studio, which gives a behind-the-scenes look into how makers work. You can already watch episodes with a ceramicist, a jewellery maker, and some traditional method printers. And there are many more episodes to come soon. So just search Who's Flying the Plane on YouTube. Something you show yourself doing a lot in the film, and talking about a lot as well, is Tai Chi. And I've seen Tai Chi referenced in films and media over the years, and I've never really understood what it was, but you quite concisely put that you're sort of training a movement until you get to the stage where you're like watching yourself do it. You've, it's like a muscle memory kind of thing. It has less to do with fitness and strain as it does to the memory and the movement and the motion of it. What is it that you feel that you get from Tai Chi? Because you've been doing it for a long time. What would you use to encourage someone to start it. So Tai Chi is a martial art slowed down for health purposes and it's a moving meditation and you're present with your body, you're present with your breath and you repeat these slow martial movements and over time your body begins to internalize them. And so you have this wonderful feeling of your body doing these complex moves that maybe took you weeks or months to master and it's doing it by itself. And this is a, a real instructive practice because especially in the West, where we have this brain-dominant world where the body is not particularly useful. It's seen as a vehicle to transport the brain between meetings. <laughs> so, whereas for China, the body is, is very much celebrated as one part of your total organism and not something that's inferior to your rationality. And so, you know, if we have stressful times in our lives, our default approach may be Okay, I need to think and ruminate and loop around through all the possible outcomes that are going to happen in this situation that I'm scared about and think and think and think and think and think until you stress yourself out. Another option that is available to us is to act from the present moment and act from the body. There are many things that we do spontaneously. So your, your breath, your heart, the growing of your fingernails, all of this incredible magic complexity that makes up the full totality of, of who you are and your organism. And the sort of things that we could do spontaneously aren't just these physical body things, but actually being effective in the world. So for an, ex an example of that is comparing a conversation on a date or a job interview where you're a bit nervous versus a conversation with a friend. A date, you may be worrying about what to say next and trying to plan every thought and, and try and be impressive. And then you're stumbling over your words and you get nervous and you get stuck in your head and, and you just lose your flow. In contrast, 
how does a normal conversation work? Your friend says something to you, a thought pops up in your head and you say it, no planning needed. And so that is an example of the spontaneity of the body. And Tai Chi is, is a wonderful practice which helps reinforce and remind you of this wonderful intelligence that is available to you. With practice, you, you really realize that this is intelligence that allows your body to move because it's not just you know, doing repeating simple movements. It's taken you weeks to be able to master these moves and yet then you're doing it and you're just present watching it. So for me, it's been a wonderful practice that has yeah, helped me understand who I am and also all the physical benefits of health and flexibility. Would you be able to give us an example of a before and after, giving sort of a situation and how you dealt with it before you learned any of this and how you might deal with it now? Mm. Dealing with rejection is something that many of us have to deal with and you know we have aspirations and we back ourselves to do the things that we want and then inevitably life throws you down and so there's been you know rejections in my life that I'm sure many of the listeners will have as well um, for example you know job interviews that you don't get it and so it is easy to externalize our value as human beings how many Instagram likes do I have on my latest photo? Did I get this job interview? Did I get those grades? And the totality of these external achievements make up the value you feel of who you are as a person. And that can be difficult because you have these expectations, you don't achieve the things that you think you should achieve, and then you feel bad about yourself. And then it just descends into this self-critical loop, uh, which is hard to get out of. And I was very guilty of doing that. Today, um, after reading Taoism, exploring like who I really am, and we are all walking, talking, thinking, breathing miracles of nature, undeniably, like the fact that we're even talking now with language and the people listening on their iPods with technology made by human beings, like we have done so much as a species and as individuals, we have our brains, which are by far the most complex thing that human beings have ever found in all of our searching of the universe. Now the Taoists, they have a very, they have a positive outlook on the world. They, they, they see the suffering and, and the injustice of, of nature and, and humanity, but they actually see overall there is a harmony. The harmony of our bodies, for example, the harmony of the, the day and night cycles. There is an order that underlies the universe. And so for us to be here as human beings, that suggests that what they call the Tao, what we can call the world, it suggests that the world has a place for us. The very fact that we're here means that we are valuable and that we, ha we, are, we have a place, that we deserve to be here and we have permission to express ourselves as these miracles of nature. And so that idea is, you know, I can talk about it and, and people can explore it and I'll talk about some resources people uh, can look into, books, etc., if, if they want to get deeper into it. But really feeling that idea as part of the story of who you are is transformational and has been transformational for me that your value as a human being doesn't come from these external goods but you already are whole uh, and that is a deep idea and it takes kind of time to really feel that to be true about yourself because it's easy to feel you know when you look in the mirror and you're feeling good and then you look on instagram and you see the fitness babes and then you look back at yourself and you think well who the hell am i um but it, so it takes practice to reconnect with your perfection that is beyond words like the word perfect. Um, but 
over time they can become part of, of who you are and that does to me seem to be one of the big things that can help you be more resilient in life more generally. George, what would you like to offer up as your Who's Flying the Plane hidden gem? I think one of the best ways into Taoism is a book called The Tao of Pooh. People will know Winnie the Pooh, favourite British character, and my parents used to read it to me, so anything about Winnie the Pooh gives me nostalgia, tingles. Uh, but this author called Benjamin Hoff saw that Winnie the Pooh has many Taoist qualities. There's kind of a carefree joy, there's an ease of getting on with people, uh, and an enjoyment of life. To give you one example, Winnie the Pooh, a story that um, Benjamin Hoff creates in the, in the book. Winnie the Pooh is sitting next to the river and he's humming to himself. Hum diddly hum, what should I do today? Hum diddly hum, should I see donkey? Hum diddly hum, should I see piglets? Hum diddly hum, what should I do? And so Winnie the Pooh, singing this song, goes back home, grabs a pot of honey, has some honey, and then goes to piglets. That's the story, you know, that's... <laughs> and you compare that against, you know, how... how most of us and, and me would make decisions. It's like, oh, I haven't seen Piglet in three days. Eeyore, I'm really worried about him and, you know, ruminate. Um, and so, yeah, Winnie the Pooh exhibits this kind of spontaneous and natural and effortless way of being that the Taoists, many of their ideas over thousands of years, can help us connect with that easier way of living. So, yeah, The Tao of Pooh by Benjam Benjamin Hoff, I'd recommend. Okay, so lastly, George, where can we watch your film? How can we keep up to date with what you do? And what were some of those resources that people might want to have a look at? Yeah, so my film is called Journey to the East. If you just search that on YouTube, you'll find it. It's designed to be enjoyed with popcorn, so stick it on a big TV with some good speakers if you can. It's an hour long. It is a film experience for free on YouTube. Uh, so I hope you enjoy that. More generally, you know, the YouTube channel, I'm now doing live teaching. I'm doing... Taoism courses on Zoom and, and in Bristol if people are in Bristol and so the details are on the YouTube channel. There's also my Tai Chi Masters online academy and so we've created this kind of wonderful resources of Tai Chi learning if people would like to get learning with an authentic Taoist master from China. Uh, it's called taoistwellness.online. You can find that on the YouTube channel as well. And then in my descriptions of all my videos, I have reading lists and reading recommendations. So yeah, if people want to get into that, there's more books that they can read to get deeper. Thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to me, George. Thank you, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Mm -hmm.